Trigger warning, in this episode, we talk about drugs, suicide, and race. Hello, and welcome to Women Who Rebrand, episode 36. And today we are discussing living with bipolar disorder with Jade Sullivan. My co-host today is Chioma. Hiya. Hi. Bipolar disorder is a mental condition that affects your moods, which can swing from one extreme to another. People with bipolar disorder have episodes of depression, which is feeling very low and lethargic. Um, And they can also have mania, which is a feeling of very high um, and overactive I guess, emotions. So we're talking about that today with Jade, who has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Hello, Hi, Jade. Girls. How are you? Oh, Queens, actually. Good morning, Queens. Good, How thank are you. you? <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. I love that. Can you tell us, lovely audience, just a little bit about yourself and what you do and um, what you do and where you come yeah, from? Yeah, so my name's Jade, um, Jade Sullivan. I am 44. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I'm a mother of twins plus one. Uh, I am a creative person. I'm a C, like a marketing, advertising consultant. Um, I'm a stylist. What else am I? I um, do. I'm very passionate about Black culture, history, um, and style. And I've joined together with a um, collective. I founded a collective called the New Ancestors UK to um, teach children black history um, through fashion and style. Um, And yeah, that's a few of my hats. I think that's enough. And also I um, work part-time for Brixton Finishing School. We try to get more diverse people into advertising. So that's me in a nutshell. The Sullivan's London is my Instagram handle. Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform that champions growth, inspiring women to live authentically while navigating the challenges of modern day life. The platform is home to the self-titled podcast and insightful articles covering careers, health and wellness and relationships. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. Symptoms of bipolar disorder, um, feeling sad, hopeless and irritable, difficulty concentrating and remembering things, a loss of interest in everyday activities. And then there's the mania that's feeling very happy, elevated and overjoyed, talking very quickly, which sounds like me, um, feeling full of energy. But then you can be very easily irritated or agitated, being delusional, having hallucinations and disturbed or illogical thinking. And obviously those are symptoms, those are traits, but not everyone has every single thing. Not everyone ticks every single box. So that's why we've got Jade on here to discuss her experiences. So Jade, tell us why you went through the diagnosis process. Okay, so I've always been me, right? So it's it's difficult when you are labelled, boxed, you know, as black people, as soul people. I really like this phrase that I heard the other day. We are soul people. Oh. So it's it's very bipolar, I think, even being black or mixed in Britain. You know, there are bipolar opposites and everything, you know, seems to be built on lies and deception. So, I mean, go into that. But you asked me why I was diagnosed. So... 
I used to, I worked in the advertising agency um, and then I got made redundant. You know, the first person to get made redundant is the black girl who tried her hardest and, you know, was really good at her job. Um, so I sued. I didn't know. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I've sued a few people. Um, but um, then I worked <laughs> in the uh, music industry. So a friend of a friend, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm quite, you know, obviously loud, Larry, out there, try my hand at anything. So I um, started working in the music industry, which was very, you know, drink, drugs, rock and roll. But I worked in this music industry and it was very frustrating. You know, like when you're working on the plantation and <laughs> you, you are, you know, never listened to. You are, you know, the black girl that they'll have in the office to, you know, go to the party or be, you know, the one who dances or in the pictures but then you're never the one who gets paid well or is listened to for ideas or promoted. So that's quite frustrating in general. And I'm also, I'm half Jamaican and we don't suffer fools. So there's part of, you know, me that is like, (laughs) if there's something wrong, I'm going to say it. Whether that's just me being the daughter of my mother, who's a white lady with blonde hair and blue eyes, but very outspoken, and my father, who if you don't like the service of the restaurant, he's walking out. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just me. So anyway, long, yeah. cut a long story short, working yeah. in the music industry, it's all very rock and roll, like, lo- like great, but it wasn't my first love. I'd done a degree in advertising and, you know, and design management. So I wasn't really, you know, it's all very, you know, sexy. And Amy Winehouse used to come in the studio and, you know, what I think really turned me, like I wasn't the best PA in the world, to be honest. I was, I was chatting, you know, a lot to, you know, we had Amy Winehouse. I used to chat to like Dave Kelly, like, um, and Salam Remy to book the people in the studio. You know, Miss Dynamite, um, so solid. And at that time, it was a great time for music, and all of those artists were amazing. Yeah. Um. But then I saw the demise of them when Miss Dynamite got pregnant and how the music industry treated her and she was kind of, hmm. And then there was, you know, So Solid and, you know, like Megabag came in one day and then the next day, you know, he's gone to jail. Do you know what I mean? And I just, because I'd studied like black culture and history and, you know, saw this very whitewashed, industry where all the white people were managers and all the black you know it was very frustrating it's very different now well a little bit different but there's a lot more you know management representation after black lives matter everyone's been promoted do you know what I mean but it was just I feel like that that kind of set me off because I'm I'm quite intelligent I'll just say it (laughs) I think I'm quite intelligent I've got a (laughs) master's I've got a degree and I think quite deeply on things. And I think black people in general, I feel like that is part of, you know, this kind of mental health with black people. You know, black people are how many times we're likely to get sectioned. Um, how many times right. we're likely to, you know, every, we know all the statistics, you know, they don't look great. Yeah. But, um, you know, like yeah. suffer from schizophrenia, suffer from bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Are they wrongly or rightly diagnosed is another question. Um Anyway, so basically, I'm in this job. I hate. I didn't really like it. I felt like I was taking the fucking piss out of me. <laughs> Sorry, probably can't swear. Um, you know, 
you can swear it's fine. and anyway all and then all all of these these things happened and that's what I feel like when you have an episode it's like or any breakdown you know it doesn't have to be labeled bipolar but with mental health you know when people have a breakdown it's like a boiling point it's like you know when the the all the the little factors that go into your life kind of start crumbling and it gets too much so I was frustrated with my job yeah and my cousin had died of cancer um you know I'm thinking about all this kind of black you know injustice in the world um what else was going on yeah frustrated with money do you know what I mean never enough of it always working hard yeah. but never paid the best and just feeling like I'm being treated unfairly and if I'm treated unfairly yeah. I'm Jamaican I'll say it do you know what I mean I'm not polite like you know some other cultural you know people that are a bit maybe more um, I don't know refined <laughs> other just... demographics of, of yeah. you know black white whatever that yeah. are maybe more refined like I just say say how it is on the tin let's get it sorted but maybe that doesn't go down too well yeah. maybe the truth hurts and people don't like to be told the truth and people don't like feisty people and I'm just one of those people so anyway it culminated <laughs> in me having a high episode so what's a high episode the way I can describe it is imagine your brain just won't switch off and it's going at supersonic speed you know when you hear a voice note message and you speed it up and you speed it up two times, five right. times, and you can't turn it off. And then everything's connected. Like, we know in the world that everything is connected. Like, we can say that calmly. You know, we yeah. are all related, yeah. you know. But I'm talking about, oh, I've got that idea. Oh, I've got that idea. Oh, my God. And that, and that, and that. And oh, did you hear about that? And it's really fast. And when I say you can't turn it off, you can't turn it off. And how that I knew that I was high, I'd put myself, you know, speaking to weird people. I'll speak to anyone, so don't be wrong. At the best of times, I'll speak to anyone. But there were just some strange <laughs> things that I were doing that was a bit speeded up, a bit unsafe, and my friends were concerned. And, you know, from being really depressed to being really hyper, there's a real, dip, like a change and do you know how I could tell yeah, yeah like switch. a switch it's something's gone off because the bubble you know the boiling point the kettles you know and the saucepan is over bubbled all too many things for your brain mm -hmm. but also very creative also okay. beautifully creative in that you know where people say you know I feel in touch with the universe and the creative ideas can come but they're so coming so fast. And do you know how I can tell when I'm high? Hmm. Is my writing will change. It will go from normal writing to oh. faster writing. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not so controlled. Okay. So the actual speed of you yes. writing. And also, speed. so then the, you know, the, okay. the scripture of it. It will be, you know, like maybe doctor's handwriting, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But... um. Yeah, so basically, I was quite lucky in that I had this job and I had private health care. So I went to um, this uh, private health hospital, Bupa, and it was all very nice. And okay. um, 
I don't know whether Michael Jackson actually st- um, stayed there, but that's what I like to tell people. I just make it up as going along. Like, yeah, it's like a Michael Jackson kind of hospital, right? And, you know, the one where he hang, hang his children okay. out the window. Yeah, that kind of one, right? And it was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true. I think I just make it up. But basically, it was right. it was lovely. I mean, you go in there. It's like a private, like a hotel, like a top-class hotel. Food's lovely. Um, had my own room. Had my own um, bathroom, didn't have to share with anyone. You know, like a really nice hotel. So, um, yeah, and then yeah. I'd also had some kind of, this is also, I was with Tyrone then, and I'd also had some flashbacks on the tube. This was really thing. Mm-hmm. This was what kind of set it off. Um, I got on the tube line. Now, this is the same tube line, which seven years later was 7-7. Seven, seven. Do you know? The Victoria, like, anyway, right? And I, and then I had a premonition. I think I'm a witch anyway. But I was like, I've got to get off this tube. Oh, I've got to get off this tube. There's going to, he's got, what's he got in his, um, there was builders there and nails. And I, I basically had the vision of what happened later. So whether I'm a witch, and I've probably been burned at the stake before, but I, I had to tell time, we have to get off this tube now. And it was at Finsbury Park, but, Seven seven happened, and one of his friends actually died on that part of the tube. So anyway, oh, wow. I digress. Anyway, they put me into um, Bupa Healthcare, which is a totally different experience to NHS healthcare. You're you're right. listened to. You go to you know you've got beautiful food in a beautiful setting. You know with high class people, it's all very nice. Um, and then they put me in like group therapy sessions. And I was like, you know me, I'm like, okay. there's like a lady there, a, a girl, because I'm like, what, I'm 25. And I was having like a midlife crisis at 25. You know, I don't know who tells us this, but by 25, oh, we're supposed God. to have, you know, we're supposed to be married. We're supposed to have a mansion, we're supposed to have the car and we're yep. supposed to have a job. Yep. And actually my life's not so, you know, like it was all of that stuff, like that 25 year old midlife yeah. crisis, because you're. I don't know what it, what yeah. in society tells us we're supposed to have all that by 25, but that was real, real for me. And I was no, obviously around right. lots of young people who were very successful, who where I wanted to be, but still actually aren't quite there myself yet at 44. But I'm cool with it now. But it was a bit panic stations back then. So I'd got myself into a prison, yeah. got myself into a mental hospital. There's... CEOs that have had a breakdown probably because they're overworked and have burnout and I also think with creative people we get a lot of burnout and as soul people we're all very creative and we're all juggling lots of things so soul people we are very spiritual we're very clever we're not always told that in society and people like to tell us we're mad and aggressive that's not the one for me and that can turn anyone mad because that's not fair and nice or kind. No, I was sectioned under the Mental Health Act. So what that actually entails is that I think your nearest and dearest have to sign a form. Then they sign you over to the you know psychologist, psychiatrist, and you are in their care for, I think it's probably 30 days. Don't know because you have no... And reference of time everything goes quite fast I'm quite a busy person anyway so right. yeah so t- Tyrone bless him stuck with me my husband he was my boyfriend then we hadn't even been together that long <laughs> poor Tyrone and um 
yeah <laughs> so that was that was interesting so anyway I'm in there locked in I just think of anything as an adventure to be honest that's that's the way my brain deals with things like Okay, so I'm in there and I'm telling the psychiatrist, well, I'm supposed to be here, you know, because my this happened to my oh, my nan was going through dementia. Do you know what I mean? And I found drugs. Wow. The drugs that they gave her. She's like, Jade, she phoned me one day, Jade, I can see in the mirror, I can see a dragon. And then I looked up her drugs that they'd given her and they say the blue drug weren't meant to give her the red drug. And th- that was making her ill. But you go and speak to, you know, a white doctor in a, you know, nursing home and they're like, who are you, black lady? Like, what are you telling me to do my job? So anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm like to the doctor yeah. and she's like, don't know me. And, you know, it's all about race. And, you know, I'm mixed. And, you know, it's about my nan and my this and that. You know, like, t- and they're like, yeah, okay, you are hot. You're it's high, everything. and we're yeah. going to section you now. And I'm like, okay, girl. <laughs> I think I was fine with it. I don't remember <laughs> ever feeling... I probably maybe may have been scared. But anyway, locked me in there. I was fine. But then I that was it. I was also doing my entrepreneurs course for um my fashion brand at Goldsmiths at the time. So basically we was in group sessions and um you know, there was a China, beautiful Chinese girl and she was like, Oh, you know, she's something something with her face, you know, like a disorder which she doesn't see her beauty and she was the most stunning girl I've ever seen in my life I'm like you're fine and you're fine they're like okay Jade I think you can go and do your course off you go out of here <laughs> so I just went and done my course I, I got my course I won the five thousand pound grant um but then basically what happened was Fantastic. wow um what happened was they put me in there spent my 30 days you know in and out of there going to do my course in um at goldsmiths and then they release me and they give you all these drugs. And and I was back at Tyrone's mum right. um, and dad's house. They kind of let me stay there. And I was just really depressed because the drugs they gave me were very strong. Um, and I may have may not have right. done drugs in the past, but I know I'm quite chemical sensitive. And I know that dr- drugs are very strong right. for me because obviously everybody's different you know when they're prescribing things they start with really high doses of things and that didn't agree with me because my body had never had that kind of drugs before and it just didn't agree with me and I ended up yeah um, oh this I ended up uh trying to take my life because I was now homeless at Tyrone's well we was in our own flat we bought we was renting a flat and I was just so depressed and they were going to make me go back to work that was it and then I just thought no I've had enough right. I've had enough I had a row with Tyrone took some tablets and then woke up with my mum and, and Tyrone and my dad or my mum and Tyrone were there and just like okay well that didn't really work I think it was more of a cry for help wow um, a real yeah. cry for help yeah. in that you know it's quite frustrating and quite depressing to be put in a mental home and then have to go back to a job you didn't really like anyway that probably contributed to your condition to put you there and then they're telling you you have to go back to work and I had to go back to work you know I I I probably took an overdose on the say I don't know Saturday and by the next Friday I had to be back at work (laughs) could you not get signed off and then I did get signed off so suicidal thoughts are part of the depression um depressive state of 
bipolar disorder. So it's not entirely um, a shock, I guess, um, because many people with bipolar disorder do have suicidal thoughts. And I'm guessing you felt really overwhelmed. Like you said, if you, like for me, for instance, I have ADHD and if there is something wrong, my brain doesn't stop in that case, in that sense. It wants to figure it out. Mm -hmm. It wants to fix it. It wants to make it better. But I'm guessing with you, whereas I'm focusing on that one thing that's really getting me down, you've got numerous things. Well, to be honest. With the same type of energy going on at the mm -hmm. same time. There's the high stage, which I feel like I've described. So that's the, imagine like mm -hmm. a, an album speeded up. You remember when we used to have takes an album, you'd speed it up, but you can't turn it off, right? So then yeah. so then what happens? You don't sleep. You, you know, you're constantly writing, reading, but you know, like it's a bit dittery, like you go from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. Yeah. And you can't maybe finish anything. And then, you know, I like shopping and buy things and da-da-da, it's got to da-da-da. And then the low yeah. Is probably a response to, well, love, you ain't slept for a month properly or two months or whatever. And actually, you're probably flipping yeah. exhausted by now. And then with the drugs that they give yeah. you, because obviously they, you know, you're like guinea pig for them. Like they, they try all, trying drugs on you. Do you know what I mean? They're having a rough guess. Nobody knows what's going to yeah. agree with you. So. Yeah. The drugs they gave me just didn't agree with me. Like, they just weren't for me. They were too strong. And they just brought me down to a thudding low. And now, you know, even, you know, uh, I don't know, what, six from, say, August to six months last year or this year, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like burnout is... You know, it's burn. I, do, I, I would describe it as burnout. I mean, you know, bipolar is a lovely label to have, but obviously everybody's yeah. experience is different. And, you know, the way I yeah. think about it is just the logical, like, if anybody does all that, but then there is probably maybe, they call it a chemical imbalance. And I feel like I've read something recently, yeah. which isn't actually, I don't think that's actually a case. I don't think that's actually a correct thing mm. uh, I think I've read that recently I may be wrong I okay. might try and look it up but I, I think it's a result of your body uh. can only take so much you can only go on 150 miles an hour for so long and then you are obviously going to crash um so and then the low yeah the way I can describe depression is a dark long dark tunnel and you cannot see the light and no. um, it's, the thoughts in your mind are very negative. They are very insulting of yourself. And, yeah, you can't see the light. There's no light. And you just don't want to feel like that anymore. Do you know what I mean? And the only way to get away from that feeling is to go to sleep. Yeah. But then the worst thing is you go to sleep and then you wake up. And it's the same gray monotoneness it's like you know on the tv right. when the if the yeah. you know from, we're old enough to remember black and white tv but do you know what i mean when the color drains and there's no color do you know what i mean you want yeah. to feel that color you want to be able to smile you want to be able to laugh you want to be able to listen to see i can't even put on music when i feel like that I just, mm, no thanks i'll just watch the telly and then i'll go into tv 
news watching woman, which is no good for anyone. Turn that shit off. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you watch the news all the time. It's just, yeah, very depressing, very horrible feeling. And anxiety can come in as well, where even if somebody says things nice to you, you can't even believe it. So what you're describing, I mean, as you said, bipolar is a lovely label to give to people. And it's something that I think a lot of people probably see as a trendy mental health illness because you see a lot of celebrities and they've got bipolar and they're doing okay with it. They're managing okay with it. So it's not really that bad. It's probably a mild mental health condition that people are living with. That's the perception I think that a lot of people have with bipolar. But what you've talked about is something that's very, very serious that can have, um, I mean, I mean, tragic mm-hmm. outcomes if if not dealt with. And a lot of the symptoms are very similar to what I know about paranoid mm-hmm. schizophrenia. And and we that is something that a lot of people will say is a very serious mm-hmm. mental health illness. But you're dealing with something that's this lovely bipolar that can be managed really easily as opposed to really horrible schizophrenia where people are getting knives out and, and killing I, people I think, on the street so oh, I, just for it, that, there's there's misconceptions there right around your condition and it, it would be interesting to understand how those misconceptions have manifested in your life when people find out that you've got bipolar how do people tend to treat you knowing that and how does that how um, I guess how how it does that impact you? How how does the misconception that they have about bipolar impact you and the ability for you to move forward with your life and have a relationship with okay. those people? So I think that's a very um, incorrect perception. Um, if anybody thinks any mental illness is sexy and nice, I think that maybe they need to go and get their head tested because. I don't think anybody anybody <laughs> yeah. would ever, you know, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy to have a mental health condition of any kind, you know, for your children, you wouldn't mm. wish that, you know, and things are hereditary, apparently, who knows. Um, I, I think that maybe there are some similarities between... Um, schizophrenia and bipolar I'm not a doctor but perhaps I think that especially as black people and I think it's quite good we we, you know it's very topical right now that we talk about bipolar in regards to we know that one of the most famous black men in the world Kanye West is diagnosed with bipolar disorder as is um, Britney Spears to have the world spotlight on you and everything you do must be an adrenaline rush in itself can you imagine just tomorrow that you go outside and all of the press and everything you say is like, wow. And everybody's writing news about you. So that compounded with being high must be next level out of this world, you know, connected with the universe. So we were going to talk about that a bit later, Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the misconceptions that are out there, have you found that you've been yeah, treated for differently sure. when people for have found sure. out that you have the for disorder? Sure. It, um, I mean, your family and fr- family can be your own and friends, closest friends can be your own worst enemies um, because they know so much about you. Um, 
unfortunately, you know, I've lost friends and um, and had difficult times with my family in that, you know, through their concern. And, you know, everybody, when you deal with right. mental health, you know, like somebody whose mother or father and they've grown up in their you know, parents or family have had mental health issues, they will view things very differently to the mindset that I'm viewing it. Even Tyrone will view things differently to the way I view things. But if I'm kind of having a kind of 360 look, um, which is very difficult to deal with somebody with bipolar disorder, because you've got to be with them through the good times, through the highs and through the lows. Um, But I have been labelled. I don't like to be labelled. I don't like to be boxed. Like I used to want a box as a mixed girl when I didn't have a box and then I got a box and now I don't want a box. Throw all the boxes away. We are humans. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? We're humans. There's no such thing as race. There's race as a social construct made up by white men to put black people in boxes. So I don't like being boxed. I don't like being told that I've got bipolar and is that the way I'm acting because of bipolar? No, it's me. Maybe it's part of me. Maybe I disagree with it. There is something called PANS and PANDAS that is recognised in America, um, which is when an onset of your body starts attacking itself. It's an autoimmune disease and it can present as bipolar. So a lot of children in this country are diagnosed with bipolar and actually they might have this PANDAS and that actually may be treated by IVIG, which is something that I... Um, was treated with when I had um, the twins and May because my body thinks it's infection deals with it. Anyway, that's my whole Aaron Brockovich. I might be totally wrong. But what I'm saying is to be labelled and pigeonholed is very hurtful. Um, I've done a lot of work on myself um, with cognitive therapy, you know, death and projects, um you know, doing lots of things, being busy is all part of everybody's life or should be if you're going to be, you know, a successful person in your own right. So I did a lot of work um, doing cognitive therapy to, you know, manage ways to deal with that, even with Live360 and Tamu's teaching, you know, a bit of self-care, you know, talking to your friends, all of these things. But to be labelled by your friends and your family and pigeonholed and say, you're, you know, when people have arguments with you, oh, look at you, you're high again, you're doing this because you're high, you're mad, you're crazy. Right. You know, I am obviously the crazy mixed race, mixed, no, I don't like that term anymore, mixed heritage. I'm black. I don't look black, but I'm black. I'm <laughs> blackly black. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's all a bit bipolar, but to be, you know, um, labelled, especially in a hurtful, harmful way, um and stereotyped mm-hmm. is very hurtful and that can make you depressed in itself um yeah. and I've I've had like right. through care and things like my parents or you know my husband or people those around me that care they feel like they can talk talk about you behind your back to each other like you're a three-year-old child that needs care when hello I hear and see yeah. everything like uh, hello, I'm Jade, I'm here, I can hear you talking about me or talking yeah. behind my back to try and help. But actually, that's making me feel more isolated, yeah. more like a leper. Do you know what I mean? So that I don't think is very helpful. I feel like... So involve you yeah, in the Yeah, and just be open and honest with people. Just say what you think. 
just say what you think and I'll say what I think and then if we've got a problem we can talk it out and if we don't agree we don't have to agree do you know what I mean we're all different but at least I can put my point across and there's a lot of you know for instance, my husband looked at my cognitive therapy chart and because I did it like um, an advertising presentation in red and green, he thought that those points were what those, you know, when those things happen and when I'm doing those things, that's a warning sign and it's danger and it means I'm ill and I'm high. No, mate, I no. wrote the chart. I did the work. And basically yeah. that was misconstrued. And then after I had May... Um, he got the wrong end of the stick on the chart and I got put in the old, <laughs> the real mental hospital, the NHS mental hospital, which is a totally different Ooh. mental hospital to the Booper one. How was it different? In every single way, babe. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, do you go to a hostel or do you go to Claridge's? Do you know what I mean? Like, wow. do you go to prison? <laughs> or do you go to the Hilton? Like, I mean, I saw that as an adventure too. Um, so in there, I... Okay. Was the level of treatment different? Um, I wasn't listened to. I don't. I know that I didn't need to go in there in the first place. Second time around when I had the breakdown, I did. Right. But the first time... It was really simple. I just had a, um, a baby. She was six weeks premature. I'd have been on total bed rest. They, the NHS pierced her stomach with a feeding tube and they were trying to cover it up. So you can imagine. And then I had three-year-old twins at home telling my husband what to do, breastfeeding, cut open with a cesarean. And then there were, there were marital difficulties, darling. And um, there was a little bit of arguing. You know when you take over a newborn baby? And you've got three-year-old twins. Yeah, you know those discussions. Who knew? And um, I just called the wrong people that I thought were there to help, like the health visitor. And she told me to tell my children that uh, I was going to Sainsbury's. And I told them I went to Sainsbury's and I, mummy didn't come back for weeks. And I'd already been away right, from Right. No so basically I went to this – because I they were saying, oh – they first wanted to treat me with drugs because um, they was mm-hmm. basically when May was born, all this happened. And then I said, I spoke to the mental health person there because I've been there three years before in the same hospital. I said, I've got bipolar disorder. My husband is being a bit, yeah. And I just, mm-hmm. yeah, husbandy. Yeah. And I <laughs> just want someone to explain to him, you know, like um, a perinatal nurse. I just want them to explain I've just been kind of open, you know, my boobs are going, I'm breastfeeding, which I'm not doing normally because my they pierced my baby's stomach with a feeding tube. I only happened to one baby in 15 years, had to happen to mine in the hospital. And there's a lot of stress that goes with that. I just want somebody to explain from an outside point of view, a woman preferably, that this is what's going on with right. me. It's not bipolar. It's just all of these things have happened. Yeah. And Oh dear, <laughs> that was a flipping wrong move. Um, I organised everything to get his mum to look after the twins because there was only three for us to go to this meeting. It was a new lady on the system. She hadn't, she, so she ended up being a psychiatrist, psychologist, I get confused, 
the one that gives you drugs, that one. She, uh, she hadn't read the notes in the system. I went down for a 45 minute appointment. Obviously, I'm speaking fast because I want to get back to my baby who's. Yeah. Yeah, because you want to get, get back all to my the baby in case they back. do something yeah. else to her while I'm away from mm. the incubator. Mm. And I tell her my life story. Mm. So what I've just told you, you know, oh, you know, this happened, that happened. I committed, tried to commit suicide. And then she goes at the end of it. She listened to me, jabbling on really fast because I wanted to get back to my baby for 45 minutes. And she goes, I think you've got bipolar, you've got bipolar disorder. I was like, what? I was like, I told you that. So then I stormed out of the room. Can you imagine how vexed I was? Just knowing me, Jamaican Jade. Well, I would right? be too. Imagine, organised, you know, the world to look after the twins. I stormed out of the yeah. room, absolutely fuming. I think I even went into the Muslim um, church thing, temple. Oh, the, the prayer, prayer area. area. Yep. I was like, Allah, God, whoever. Yep. Somebody help me because this is a bit too much for me right about now. And then I went back to the incubator. And firstly, like, um, so, you know, obviously to to breastfeed a baby, you've got to, you know, take them out and they've got to be with the wires. You've got to sit in things, they're wired up, whatever. Yeah. And then I look round and there's an old lady that kind of looked like my white nan, you know, silver earrings, kind of like old lady-ish, you know, nice kind of nurse-looking woman. I thought, oh, bless her. She's only come to see if I'm okay. Oh, no. And then she was like, you've been sectioned under the mental health app. What? And then this, like, John John Legend, wow. John Lennon-looking geezer, little skinny white man, with little glasses, he was like, yeah, coming back here, you've been sectioned under the mental health. I was like, oh. so imagine I'll get more face by the minute. And then this, like, sh- yeah, they really yeah, didn't then listen. there's this shop putting kind of um, Eastern European big kind of woman. She's and she's standing over me with her Eastern European voice on, you have been sectioned under the mental health. I was like, okay, right, okay. I don't know if you can see, but. I'm actually can't move. And the first rule of communication is to be on someone's level when you're talking to them. So maybe you could sit down and talk to me. And then I phoned Tyrone. I was like, listen, this ain't the flipping boop at Michael Jackson Hospital they're talking about sending to me. I'll be in the Gordon Hospital. <laughs> you need to fight all these people. You can't. <laughs> right? Put my phone down. He talks to them all nice, not how he's bloody talking to me. And... So they, they firstly, they were going to give me, you know, once we got out of there, got the baby home, had a row, really big row in the car in front of the twins, that was joyous, and got home. And then I forgot that they come in, not not look at the door to like the fed, undercover feds to give me these tablets. And like, remember now, for I haven't taken tablets for 10 years after this really bad experience. So they... Um, not knock on the door and I was like oh just take the tablet like I'm really tired I've got to get this baby to bed premature baby thing and then as soon as I took it after 10 minutes I thought oh my god Jade you've got a premature baby she's had her stomach thing and you're breastfeeding and you've just taken a tablet you don't even know what it is (laughs) and then I woke up the next morning and you're supposed to breastfeed every few hours aren't you at that stage every three hours or whatever and I felt like I'd been knocked over the head with a sledgehammer. 
So then I was on the phone to the mental health people, blah, 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 blah. And then the rows were getting worse and the whole situation in the house was getting worse. Went, told my kids I'm going to Sainsbury's, went there, thought, Jade, you've got to keep it really simple now. This is serious. Because I didn't want to go to no mother and baby unit because that was over in North, North London. So I thought, let me just go to this Gordon Hospital right around the corner. Keep it simple, Jade. This is a business meeting. Just given birth. You've got a premature baby at home. And there's like um, domestic kind of issues. Three things, right? Keep it simple. <sighs> no, nobody would listen to me. It was a Friday. I had like a Chinese guy, a Italian guy and another white guy assessing me. And I'm like, um, are you not listening to me? You're all men. I don't really feel comfortable. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Um can I speak to a woman, please? Is there any black women? Do you know what I mean? To speak to? Uh, this went on. I went in there at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. You know, everybody leaves early on a Friday, <laughs> especially in government agencies. So by six o'clock, I had a white guy come in. And by this time, I called him my husband. I'm like, you're a fucking Freemason. Get me out of here. Call someone. Get me out of here. And no, they're like, look, look, look signed you have been sectioned under the mental health act i was just like oh my god this is real it's not film this is actually my real life so i'm like okay we have to act like the queen with my head i'm like the queen i'm like keep calm and carry on and keep the black family together under all costs you know like the queen does like she doesn't care if her son's a paedophile you keep the family together keep it tight keep it <laughs> stum, keep it rolling do you know what i mean right okay fine let's not let's not this tyro too much yeah. the, the social services come and take the children you're a black woman you know what to do you've got yeah. to keep it got tight and i've got you. to keep breastfeeding this baby so mm. also i had to you know call up my friends were coming in, they were like, Jade, just take the drugs, yeah? Just take the drugs. Because, you know, and then I have my other friends, just take the drugs, Jade, take the drugs before, just take the drugs. Okay, took the drugs, sent me absolutely loopy. <laughs> absolutely loopy. In the point that I was having flashbacks thinking, Jade, what the hell? And having hallucinations and all of these things. Mm. And anyway... Because your body's all over the place anyway. You've just had a baby. Right, imagine, so you're exactly. not going to respond in the same way as you would to under normal circumstances. And just had a C-section well. Imagine they yeah. weigh me at whatever time at night. I'm limping because I need a hip replacement by this time. I missed my hip replacement. Anyway, they weighed me. Imagine the guys going, you're a bit overweight. Oh, my God. You're a bit overweight. I've just had a fucking baby, mate. <gasps> Oh, you, yeah, you're over. But you know what? That goes also goes back to your original point: the fact that they had your notes, they read it supposedly, they, they don't read and it. then just said, "Well, they I think you've got other. this." Yeah. yeah, like obviously he hadn't even acknowledged. It's mad. It's mad. hadn't acknowledged that you've had a baby. Hadn't had the conversations, and obviously that's obviously going to be winding you up even more. So there's that kind of. The misinterpretation and the the non-communication and using assumptions to place you somewhere where you don't need to be. And I think that's really dangerous, especially with someone who has had depression. When you are feeling low 
or upset because of um, a reaction. To misjustice, something. like misjustice. When really, it's just a case of low moods. So it's definitely really unfair. Yeah, th- I'm sorry that happened to you, Jay. Yeah, they were kind of like, if you've got postnatal depression, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I've just had a beautiful baby. Do you know what I mean? It's not, uh, it's not that. I was fine. Yeah. I was just having a, you know, like any, any household you go in um, and you've just had a baby, there's, I don't think parents are particularly nice to each other at that time because they're tired. But in put in no, with three year old three year old twins, and, I'm not even going to crack a smile. And I've been in Niku in Niku going back and forth with breast milk and all of this, doing breastfeeding and pumping milk for at least six. I think six weeks I was in there. So that wasn't even taken into mm. account. So I went yeah. from there to there anyway. And um, basically what happened, I was in there and at the end of it, the, the male white doctor wouldn't listen to me. I was like, what are you not understanding about? I've done cognitive therapy and like, they just wasn't listening. It's was very frustrating. And also I was a bit pissed about the injustice yeah. of my baby's stomach being um, pierced with a feeding tube Absolutely. and then trying to cover it up. And covering it up for weeks mm. in hospital, that was pissing mm, me off yeah. a bit, to be honest. Mm. And obviously that didn't help. So probably I am presenting as maybe high or hyper, but I know how to hold it together. I'm not stupid. Mm. So, but I, I presented yeah. myself well, but because you're black, you know, no, look at me. My, my son goes to me, everything's about colour in it, mum. I was like, well, it is. <laughs> no, but I'm like, okay, you know, they got me in there, you know, um, just had a baby postnatal depression, tick, she's been suicidal before, tick, she's got bipolar, tick, she's black and aggressive, tick, and lock, 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 and she's been sectioned before, tick. This is an easy no-brainer for them. But if you if you thought on it in a hum, humane point of view, from a female point of view, if I speak to any woman of anybody who's had a bad little arguments, you can see how that can be heightened when you're a baby and going through a bit of tough times or, you know, just you've got twins that yeah. are three. We haven't seen their mother for God knows how long because she's been in NICU yeah, and a newborn baby that's premature, mm. six weeks premature, tiny. So anyway, mm. we dealt with it like a business meeting. Mm. And then at the end of it, the, the doctor wouldn't listen to me. So I took the drugs. They turned me a bit mad. They... um. When they, you know, they let you go home, the junior doctor, the woman doctor. Mm-hmm. How long were you there oh, for? Probably Sorry. about, probably about three weeks. For? I think it's a, tw- is it 21 days? Oh, okay. I think it's 21 days. I think, I don't really know. But, you know, you lose your sense okay. of timing. I think the first one. Yeah, maybe a month, 21 days, whatever it is. So basically, days. at the end of it, the ju- so let yeah, you go home. But before she just charged me, the junior doctor who was below the male doctor there, who was a mother, who is for Eastern European mother. So she knows about husbands. She knows she's had a baby. She knows how men can be, bless the husbands, bless the men in the world. And that's why the world <laughs> is like it is, because it's not being run by women. Anyway, she took me into a room and she was like, mm-hmm. Jade, I just want to say to you how well you've handled yourself. And I just knew from looking at her in the eyes you're telling me, okay, fine. So then after after I got um, released there, I just carried on being mum. So I had to, you know, get back to the three-year-old twins. Mummy's home, you know, baby, loving life, yeah. walking, hobbling around with me because I missed my appointment for my hip replacement. Anyway, get on with life, has a bit of a tip, buying stuff, making friends with you guys online. And then um, 
basically I saw her one day in the charity shop while I'm hiding charging my phone (laughs) and um (laughs) I said can I call you and she said yes I plucked up the courage because I had real depression because I was having PTSD and flashbacks and I don't know if you've ever had PTSD but it's like a film and you wake up sweating because I was remembering Oh yeah, like you remember things like traumatic events, and they flash through in your mind, especially when you're sleeping, and you're sweating, and you wake up like like having yeah. a nightmare every night, and it keeps replaying and replaying and replaying. And yeah. I finally plucked you've, up the strength after thinking, and you've got the emotions associated yeah. that were with you so at then, that time going through. Yeah, that. so I yeah. think I've, it's your real living exactly. Experience. It's like a horror movie; you can't really turn it off, and you wake up sweating. It's really horrible, and I think I went into a bit of depression about that because I thought this is a real injustice. Not only did my baby's stomach get pierced with a feeding tube, but you can't do nothing about that unless the NHS disable your child. They don't; they're not really listening. Then you can't sue them. It's just one of those things. And then also yeah. the injustice of being yeah. imprisoned against your own will, away from your children, and the sense of injustice I felt. So I, I finally, after being depressed, wearing black for like six months, whatever, I thought, you know what? I'm finding this bloody doctor. She's the only one that I saw in her eyes that she got what I was going through. And so I phoned her and I said, can you call yeah. me back, please? And she phoned me back. I said, Dr. M- she said, Jade, I'm leaving this hospital to go and work with children in Kensington. I said, okay, so you're telling me you're leaving. Okay, cool. I said, doctor, please, can I, t- can I ask you one thing? I said, did the drugs you gave me make me ill? And she said, yes. And it was like dominoes or, you know, cards, pack of cards when they all fall down. I was like, oh, what a load of guns. I was so angry as angry black woman. Angry black woman. What can you do when you've... You've got, so you've been sectioned twice. So the world, if you look on paper, I'm stark raving, flipping mad, like certified. I can own it. I don't care, like what anyone thinks of me. Well, a lie, that's a lie. Obviously, everybody cares really. The ego, <laughs> what people think. But like, exactly. I, you know, like I'm 44 now. I don't really give a shit. I'll say what I like, do what I like. And I am who I am. I'm not changing. Never don't change your spots. Mm-hmm. So I, that just sent me into real depression because. And then it also, it actually turned me mad because I couldn't sue them because nobody mm. will listen to you. If you're tick, 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 you're mental, you've been sectioned twice, no one's ever going to listen to you. Um, and then you can't sue them. So you just have to accept it. And that's quite a hard thing to accept, especially when you're looking after three-year-old twins, a grumpy husband and a newborn baby. So that speeded up and I recorded yeah. everything on um social media at all times so it's good for the book crazy in love it's good for the film but it actually turned me a bit mad at that time because I just my mind flipped one day it was a switch I don't know if you remember because she was following me on my other account yeah. on social media I started showing the insides of my cupboards <laughs> everything's connected ABC everything's connected show the inside of my cupboards because I think <laughs> I thought I'm going back there I don't care I've got to show everyone everything but then and then I got put inside back in the same place I'd been the year before totally high Went through all the floors, because this time I'm like, I'm not taking none of your drugs. You are pretending to take the drugs. And obviously, I probably can see you pretending to take drugs. So I went from the normal floor to the high-risk floor at the top. <laughs> but I'm mixing with all these people who are real, quite Ooh. lovely and quite interesting. 
but you can't even go out. Like, I don't know what happens now because they've, they've stopped smoking in mental hospitals. You could used to be able to go and have a fag on the roof. And yeah, that's right. all for the book. Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. On a side note, it's it's experiences like yours, Jade, that I think particularly with black people stop us seeking help as yes. early as we mm-hmm. should be. Um, I mean, on a personal note, I've got a few members of my family who've suffered through mental health illness and and there is that hesitation. Mm-hmm. You don't it's it's not just about the stigma of having the mental health, acknowledging that there's a mental health situation going on, but it's also about you don't know what's going to happen once that person gets into hospital, whether they're going to be listened to, whether they're going to be given the the correct medication, whether they're going to be just totally made even worse because they're ignored, left alone in a corner to just get on with their thoughts. And um, there's there's all of that that we're dealing with. And trust. There's There's no no trust. trust. And and actually, if you looked at the statistics, you would see, well, there's no trust. There's no trust with the police. There's no trust with the medical, you know, care that we get. But um, I think very important advice, actually. And I think I'm so proud of you girls for doing this podcast. It's really, I think part of mental health with black people is, um, especially as black women, we need to tell our stories. And that's why I'm so pleased that you guys have given um women this platform and sharing your stories and with honesty and truth and the soulful soul people that we are I feel like we're very gifted we're very forgiving we're very beautiful people inside and out with our creativity and that that can you know be taken for weakness and the system takes it for weakness and punishes us sometimes I mean for example you know there's if, you, if I go outside Brixton Station and I see like this certain lady that I've spoken to that really reminds me of my grandmother, actually, my Jamaican grandmother, and I've spoken to her. And I just feel like, what happened to her? Like, what happened to her? And could I be there? Could I be that person? Because if I wasn't the person that I am, I'm very strong due to my upbringing. I know my cultural roots. I've got my support network. My mother and father are around. You know, I've got a husband. I've got good friends. To me, the advice that I would give to people in regards to your mental health is check your food, check your habits, check your self-care. You know, to me yesterday, I I remember, you know, you girls and, you know, Tammy's group, go and get your nails done. Go yoga. Go do your exercise. You know, drink, like obviously, I drink too much, but it's in yeah, everything in moderation, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and being conscious of what you're doing, um, which is hard if you're in a high state and very hard to do anything when you're in a low state. Yeah. But also in regards to getting the right care. So um, Dawn Estevan was um, a really lovely lady, a black lady, a psychologist uh, or a doctor of some kind, psychiatrist, psychologist, one gives you drugs, one helps you with um, therapy. I get confused. But... um, I think it's psychiatrist. Yeah, psychiatrist gives you drugs. drugs. They love a drug. Yeah. Love a drug. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I like like a talking (laughs) therapy, me, because you think I could talk. But... um, Okay. My real key advice would be there are black mental health, um, like, societies... Um, black mental health consultants okay. that I, I guess we could put a link or something because um, Dawn gave me a whole list. Yeah, I can put yeah, that. So on page, yeah, so basically, 
Um, there are lov- lovely, great, you know, um, psychiatrists, psychologists um, of, you know, black female. I feel like it's nice to speak to a female because she understands, you know, periods and she understands, you know, we might be pre-menopause or, or we've just had a baby. You're not going to get that same understanding from a man. You're just not because we're men are from Mars and women from Venus. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like if we have these mm-hmm. things in our arsenal as our toolbox to how to deal with things um mind have been very good to me um they're great to go and talk to um pandas are a really good organization that can help with family matters um obviously the samaritans because all of these issues can lead to family breakdowns of generations which is so sad and i just think if you can signpost your friends and family and you know they're not all right. And it, as I speak now, I know of a family member who's locked himself away for another seven years. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you can signpost yeah. them, you can't help everybody, but if you can signpost them to these agencies and to these people to talk to so that when they're going to the hospital, they're not looked at funny. When you're, you know, loud in Jamaican, you know, or you get, you know, like... There's a way that we react to things in good and bad, but that can be misdiagnosed yeah. as... Yeah. you know, aggressive. Do you know what I mean? I'm not being aggressive. Yeah. Mislabeled and stereotyped. Yeah. But if you are with somebody mm-hmm. who is of similar cultural, you know, um, similarities to you, they might understand that better. And I think you might get a truer diagnosis. Yeah. And I also think my own personal spirit hasn't been great with drugs. I'm not saying that drugs don't help sometimes, but you have to be very conscious of the doses that are given you. Don't trust everything a doctor tells you. They're not yep. God. Like, you know your body. Mm. If your mm. friend is on that's some tablets that are making her like a zombie, that's not going to be good for her or him. Do you know what I mean? So mm. you need to look at doses. You can take down dosages slowly. Do you know what I mean? Um there's all of those things, but I, to me, I haven't been on drugs for all this time, um, and maybe I'm a high functioning. Maybe I don't even have bipolar. Maybe I'm just a creative person who, you know, is absolutely crazy sometimes. I don't know. Like whoever I am, whatever box, whether I've got pandas, whether <laughs> yeah. I've got this, whether I've got that, I'm still Jade. You're still you. You're special. You're creative. Yeah. Everybody gets burnout. It's a fucked up world we live in. Let's not get it twisted. Especially fucked up if you're black. If you're dark-skinned black, it's probably even worse than being light-skinned black. And there's a lot of issues that will play in your mind that will not affect a white person in the same way. So if anybody thinks that that doesn't have a racial weathering, doesn't have an effect on bipolar disorder, on schizophrenia, I think you're sadly mistaken, which is unfortunate. But this is the reality that we're living in. You know, it, even this morning, you know, in Black History Month, yeah. you're five times more likely to die in childbirth. Oh, yeah, they tried to kill me too in childbirth. But do you know what I mean? Like, there's all of these things that affect you. Yeah. You know, if you even if you go to a shop, you might get followed around the shop by security. All of these things. Oh, but but that black person's bad for talking to herself. Well, maybe because he's had enough or she's had enough. And actually, what she's saying, if you listen yeah. to what they're saying, it's actually the truth. A lot of things that people say, whether they're high or low, they just want to be listened to. And there's a lot of truth in what they're saying. It's just the, your perception and how you're decoding that information. Do you think Kanye is doing more harm than good? 
for the bipolar community. Do you think it's a good thing that he's just simply being himself no matter what? Um, uh, first, like to say that I think I, I, I posted on my page what I thought of when I first saw that White Lives Matter T-shirt. It really riled me and got me very upset in my womb and my soul. Um, and I was a bit angry about it especially on the day was it a Monday or something like that when it all kind of broke and it was just a bit like and it was it's just mm-hmm. a bit um it was a bit soul destroying and I was just a bit angry and I was I had a rant on my um socials saying you know I don't think your mother would be proud and you know what what does that mean for your child and you know all of this stuff whatever I said um but then I looked into it more deeply as the days went on I looked into it more deeply and his da- you have to remember that however crazy bipolar we might want to label him creative genius or not or is he creative genius or is he just a man with a lot of power and he rants and it a marketing a marketing genius <laughs> like um yeah yeah is it just that I think it, everything he does is very orchestrated and planned so when somebody creates a piece of art, you don't ask them to explain it first. You just see the artwork, don't you? Mm-hmm. So if we think of him as an artist, that's just what he's doing. So when I looked into it more, he then was posting, you know, I mean, there's something in that he's very much, if I can see it in his eyes when he's manic, I feel like I can. I don't know him from Adam. Right. Although I was supposed to go meet him in Paris one mm-hmm. time with um, Hype Williams, but I was unfortunately having the twins. Oh, just drop, drop that in. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. He's coming for me. He's coming for me, babe. He's coming. He's coming. I'll hunt him down one day. But um, we have we have to Thank remember you. that his mum was a, a black civil rights leader, and his dad was a Black Panther. So then I looked into what he was posting on. So I kind of ignored. A li- I looked into a little bit what the Americans were saying, and is it Van Lathan? Was saying and he was angry and he's had and you know everybody jumps on the bus and everybody gets angry and everybody starts discussing it and discussing his mental health and everything but then I looked on one of his posts and one of his posts um it said we say all power to all people all power to all people we say white power to white people white power to white people brown power to brown people brown power to brown people yellow power to yellow people black power to black people x power to those who left out and x um we say panther power to the vanguard party panther power to the vanguard party the black panther party that's what he posted on his stories so then i looked it up and this comes from he i think he's adjusted it for the x people We've got the A to Z X people right about now. And that comes from a quote from Huey Newton. Um, We say all power to the people. Black power to the black people. Brown power to the brown people. Red power to the red people. Yellow power to the yellow people. And we say white power to the white people. So that is his cultural reference for that T-shirt. And obviously he's been in cahoots with Candice Owen. And she knew that she was... You know, she's produced that documentary on Black Lives Matter for a while, hasn't she? You don't just come out with a film. You have to produce that for a good while. So they, they've obviously gone through a creative process. You know exactly what you're doing. You planned it. you got Bob Marley's daughter. So Bob Marley, we're talking about Bob Marley. Bob Marley got lyrics for everyone. 
She's a daughter. Is she the daughter of Lauren Hill? Sella Marley. Mm-hmm. So she wore that T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Do you think she wore it, just put it on to piss all the black people off? No. She knew the concept behind it. She wore it. And it's created the conversations that we're having today. He's also going through whatever he's going through with his, his ex-wife. With the Kardashian, um, <laughs> Candice Owens was calling them. Don't let me expose the Kardashian clan or whatever. You know, like the cartel, the Kardashian cartel. Mm-hmm. So okay, right. there's all of that that he's dealing with. And he knows what exactly what he's doing. He's not stupid. I just hope that he's got those good... Mm-hmm. When you're so powerful like Michael Jackson and all of these, you know, famous people who've got so much money, they can do anything. Um, I worry that they've got, yes, people around them and no, no people. And who's looking after your mental health and telling you, okay, you've done what you've done now. Let's calm it down. Let's do yoga. Let's turn it all off. Do you know what I mean? Do, when Who's telling him to turn it off? Mm-hmm. Is somebody doing it? I hope so. Mm. I hope so. As a human being, he needs mm-hmm. to put himself first and his health first. I think as a creative mm-hmm. person, once you do that and you put your self-care and um everything first then everything else will fall into place his family and his children are the most important thing and he's the most important thing from him then comes his children and the relationship with the family that he needs to rebuild and all of these things do I think he should be stopped do I think his platform should be taken away no because I I think we had we fought for freedom of speech for a reason do I think you should be able to um say things and post personal messages with people probably not probably not the best thing to do just from a human way of dealing with things but I see what he's doing if you had the the biggest um you know trainer thing in the world Yeezys and it was worth billions and then Adidas has really pissed you off and you weren't getting no no one and you're Kanye West you don't really give a fuck I'd probably do the same thing do you know what I mean so I hear him, I get him, mm-hmm. I just pray for him as a human, as a father, as a Gemini, <laughs> I'm a Gemini too, um, that, he can, that he can just look after himself and he can, and I hope he is, because yeah. with all that money, you'd hope so, but money doesn't mean anything, money doesn't buy, buy <laughs> happiness, um, but I would hope that it would buy some mm. solace and it could buy some really nice spa treatments, which I'm in need of at the moment. you know we use the word community a lot and like this is why I hesitate to talk about the black community because what is what does that even mean um I I think that with Kanye he or or yay sorry he's not he doesn't owe anyone anything he doesn't uh, apart from himself and his kids like he doesn't owe anyone anything um so he can't represent the bipolar community so it, what it does when you talk about communities it, is, it assumes that there is a standard way of being mm-hmm. for everyone that sits within that group and bipolar people who have bipolar disorder there are good lovely kind people who have bipolar disorder and there are mean evil nasty mm-hmm. people who have bipolar disorder and if you're expecting everyone to operate in the same way you're kind of removing that layer of what innately they're mm-hmm. about as mm-hmm. a person put the bipolar to one side they are like you said, Jade, they're humans 
and we are varied we are so mm-hmm. diverse we're there's, not a monolith very, are we yeah well there's a lot that holds us together we're not a monolith at all as humans let alone as black people mm-hmm. as asians as bipolars as schizophrenics whatever you want to label yourself as so it's really difficult to get somebody to be the embodiment of what bipolar is all about and represent that thing completely 100% of the time so as much as I dislike some of the stuff Kanye said do what you're doing mate yeah or more power to you just do do what you're doing in the scheme of the world in the Truman show that we're actually living in with social media I think that is if it's caused this conversation just for us to have and every family black family around because also we have to um we have to acknowledge that black people don't like to talk about mental illness that people it's a shame you know there's a shame to it there's a oh don't talk about that especially we need to talk about these things for them to change and people to get help and the support they need so if if the him just doing that has made that happen I'm all for it and I'm all for people having a voice and I'm all for people being different and I'm all for black power and I think he does honestly stand for that in his own special way I I'm well I'm holding out hope I mean don't piss me off right now and make me sound like a dickhead but <laughs> I'm holding out hope for it I, I feel like even if these conversations are just the you know knock-on effect the cause and effect of it I feel like well, you've you've helped the world by doing this, babe. Even if you're going through a bad time, thank you. Thank you so much, Jade. Um, we have had such an in-depth insight into bipolar disorder, and I thank you yeah. for sharing your experience. It's been such a educational episode. So thank you mm. so much. Mm. Um, where can our lovely audience find you if they want to? Um, keep up with what you're doing so um, I'm then learning yeah, more so about you just so you know everybody I've got these headphones on that they're my daughters so that's why I've been holding my ears the whole time so then my horns coming out that's that's bipolar horns that is no joke um that's my, my devil <laughs> horns I keep them in at all times um where can you find me I am the Sullivan's London um I have Afro Twins London um, Miracle May and um I talk about on my on on my Instagram, my black activism, my writing, and my family, and yeah, that's me. And, and oh, and also, sorry, the New Ancestors UK. That's the collective where we teach black history at the New Ancestors UK. Ah, yes, fantastic. We'll be putting all the in um the links on our new um website, womenwhorebrand.com. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you, Bye. girls. Love you. Love you, queens. Mm-hmm.